Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. The Food and Drug Administration has made hearing aids available without a prescription or medical exam, so soon people with hearing loss will see hearing aids in stores. Before making a purchase, there are some important things to consider, and I'm going over them with audiologist Dr. Aaron Bagley from Upstate Medical University. Welcome to The Informed Patient, Dr. Bagley. Thank you for having me. First of all, let's talk about the scope of the issue of hearing loss. How many Americans are having trouble hearing? About one in eight Americans age 12 and up, so it's about 30 million people have some degree of hearing loss. As we age, can we expect that our hearing is not going to be as sharp as it was? Yes. As we age, I think this is just about one in three people between the ages of 65 to 74 have some degree of hearing loss. And that number goes up after 75 to about half of Americans have some degree of hearing loss. So it is more common as we age. Does it always affect both ears equally or might people lose hearing in only one ear? So typically, you know, if we're talking about age-related hearing loss, we expect that that's going to be affecting both ears pretty equally. Anytime a person has hearing loss in just one ear, that does raise some red flags for us. And we actually do want to do a workup with that patient and find out what the underlying cause might be and what might be causing that hearing loss to affect one ear and not the other. When a person starts having trouble hearing the television or understanding what's said in a conversation at the dinner table, and they think they may have some hearing loss, do you advise them to see a primary care provider first? I do. I always think it's a good idea to discuss any concerns with um, your primary care provider. It's always really important to make sure that there's not some other underlying cause. And often that primary care doctor will refer that patient for a hearing test to go see an audiologist, um, just so that we know what's going on with their ears. So a primary care doctor might be able to rule out some other things, and then if necessary, they could send them to someone like yourself to have their hearing tested. Exactly. So we want to make sure that it's not something like wax in their ears or fluid, um, things like that that, you know, could be treated differently. Well, what would typically happen at a visit with an audiologist? The first thing we always do is we take a thorough history to find out um, whether the person has any pain in their ears, whether they have ringing or tinnitus in their ears, um, if they have any balance concerns, because hearing and balance are related in many cases. We also want to know, have they worked around loud noises and things like that that might have had an impact on their hearing? Then um, we, of course, look in their ears to make sure there's no wax or debris in their ears, canals. Um, We check their eardrums to see how their eardrums are moving and make sure that there's not fluid or some sort of stiffness of their eardrums that could be impacting their hearing. And then we do a hearing test, kind of like what you think about um, back when you're in elementary school where you put on headphones um, and let the audiologist know when you hear the beeps. We also measure word understanding as well, so um, some recordings of speech and have the patient repeat the words um, to see how clear speech is for them, too. So are you able, at the end of the exam, to quantify 
how much hearing loss there is? Yes. And also what type of hearing loss it is, because there are different causes of hearing loss. So we just want to make sure that, um, you know, we know where it's coming from as well. We're going to be talking a lot about hearing aids, but are there other things that people may be recommended to try? That would really be dependent upon what the audiologist finds. There are definitely some medical conditions that could be treated in other ways, um, either through surgery, um, perhaps the person needs some sort of medical intervention, and uh, an audiologist is a great first person to look at that and decide if they perhaps need to follow up with a, a specialist, an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Um, to have that medical concern addressed. Or if it's a matter of more of an age-related type of hearing loss that would be best suited um, by getting hearing aids. Is there a hearing aid out there for everyone? Or, or are there some types of hearing loss that won't be helped by a hearing aid? So in my practice, I see um, quite a range. There are patients for whom, you know, their hearing loss is so significant that hearing aids are no longer the best course of action for them. And the good news is there is a continuum of care. We, we have um, cochlear implants for patients who um, hearing loss is beyond what a hearing aid can provide for them. And I work with those patients as well to help um, help them on that journey and be able to hear better that way. That's good to know. So how long have hearing aids been on the market available with a prescription? The very first hearing aids with the invention of the vacuum tube um, go way back to the early 1900s, like around the 1930s. And those weren't necessarily worn on the ear. They were something that was like a, a box that someone would put in their pocket that had wires to run up to their ear. Uh, after World War II, a lot of veterans came home with hearing loss. And that's when the field of audiology really um, kind of came into its own to help all those veterans returning. And also, the technology used in World War II helped lead to smaller and smaller electronic devices, which helped lead us to where we are now, where hearing aids can be very small, and some aren't even very noticeable anymore. So how does a hearing aid work? There are microphones on the outside of the device that pick up sounds in the person's environment. Then there's a little tiny um, computer chip inside, a microchip, that processes those sounds. Um, it might give more emphasis to certain sounds at certain pitches where that individual needs more help. Um, it may help filter out um, like sudden loud sounds or, or other types of noises like fan noises or wind noise. And then there's a speaker and that, that filtered sound gets played through the speaker into the person's ear. What is the price range for hearing aids? Hearing aids, um, so there's, I, I want to separate a little bit prescription hearing aids versus over-the-counter hearing aids that will be coming out soon. So for prescription hearing aids like you would get from an audiologist typically, they typically start around $1,000 a piece and up from there, depending on the technology involved. And when you say $1,000 a piece, do you need two of them, one for each ear, or do they come in a set? It depends on the person's needs and their hearing loss. So typically, most people, again, we typically expect hearing loss to affect both ears pretty equally. So the majority of people do benefit the most from two hearing aids, but there are cases where that may not be the most appropriate treatment. 
In your experience, have you seen health insurance plans that cover the cost of hearing aids? Um, there are some health insurances that do cover the cost of hearing aids, or at least pay a portion of the cost. Unfortunately, um, a lot of them don't, unfortunately, including Medicare, which is obviously a, a big insurance carrier for a large majority of the population. We're talking about 65 and older. So unfortunately, they don't, but there may be supplemental plans or secondary insurances that may offer some assistance. Do they generally pay for a hearing exam with an audiologist? Is that usually covered? Yes, usually the exam is covered. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with audiologist Aaron Bagley from Upstate Medical University about what's important to know about hearing aids now that they will be available over-the-counter without a prescription. Now, I've heard that it's sometimes tricky to find a hearing aid that works, that's comfortable, you know, because everyone's ears and their hearing abilities are all different. So how would you guide people who might be purchasing from store shelves or online? How can they pick something that's going to work? Currently, we don't know exactly um, how the labeling is going to work on over-the-counter hearing aids. Um, our professional organizations, the American Speech Hearing Association and um, the American Academy of Audiology, have been working with the FDA to give suggestions on labeling. Hearing aids purchased through an audiologist in New York State have a 45-day trial period, so the patient can return the hearing aids within 45 days to get a refund. We don't know yet exactly how return policies will work with over-the-counter hearing aids. So one thing I would caution people about is to make sure anything you do buy over-the-counter does have some sort of clearly stated return policy in case it doesn't work out for you. Also, you know, I'm a big believer in things like online reviews. Get as much information as you can about, um, about the product you're buying um, because, we don't know yet um, which manufacturers or which companies may be starting to produce their own devices and enter the market. So even audiologists, we're not sure yet what kind of devices we might be seeing in the stores. Do hearing aids feel like you're wearing earbuds? Not necessarily. So it does depend. Um, there are different styles of hearing aids, depending on the person's hearing loss, depending on their shape of their ears, depending on the degree of hearing loss. So for many people, many of my patients have said once they get used to them, they kind of forget that they're there. And once they're, you know, comfortable and appropriately fit. Because I know some of the earbuds that people use to listen to music, for instance, you know, they have a tendency to fall out pretty easily. Do you ever see that with hearing aids? Not if they're appropriately fit. So I agree. Ears come in all different shapes and sizes. And that's where, as a professional, it's important to make sure that our patient's hearing aids fit well. Um, so that is a concern that we have with over-the-counter hearing aids. It's just making sure people are able to get something that fits well for them. Um, you know, I'm anticipating they're going to come with some different size tips that go on the part that goes into the ear and finding, you know, a size that is a good fit for the ear so that it stays in place well is going to be important. Are there standardized sizes among all of the different hearing aid styles? 
There are not. So there can be quite a wide range, even among the prescription hearing aids that are on the market. Currently, through audiologists, um, there is quite a wide range. It kind of depends what um, what types of features are in the hearing aids, what, what size battery, if they're rechargeable, things like that can all impact like the size and shape of devices. And some devices are custom made, so they'll fit the person's ear. And I'm anticipating that... Um, over-the-counter hearing aids will be the same. You know, I'm anticipating some will look kind of more like a, a Bluetooth headset kind of device, and some are going to look more like a traditional hearing aid. So I think we're going to see a range of sizes and styles. So they're all powered by some type of battery. Is that right? Yes. Some are rechargeable, and I'm anticipating over-the-counter will be the same, that some will be rechargeable and some will take small disposable batteries. And are all of the hearing aids adjustable? If you get them, do you have to do some adjusting to get the volume comfortable? Prescription hearing aids through an audiologist are fit like a prescription. So they are fit to the person's hearing loss. Um, there's measurements that can be taken with a small microphone in the ear while the patient's wearing the hearing aid um, to make sure that the output of the hearing aid is is doing what we think it's doing and meeting their needs. With over-the-counter hearing aids, I think you're gonna, there's going to be a range of the recommendations from our professional organizations. Of course, we want there to be a volume control so that the person can adjust the hearing aid and have some control. Some of them, I think, are it sounds like are going to have some adjustments you can make perhaps through an app on your phone. Um, so for the over-the-counter hearing aids, I do think that the adjustments will be more limited. But I think that there will be some degree of adaptability. Can people swim or shower with their hearing aids in? Or what about running or strenuous sports? The first part, absolutely not. I always tell patients, treat your devices just like you would your cell phone. So you wouldn't take your cell phone in the pool or the shower. You don't want to do that with your hearing aids either. They are electronic devices, so they are susceptible to damage from water. As far as um, running or doing activities, I've had plenty of patients that are athletes, um, who runners, uh, do yoga. If a hearing aid is fit appropriately for that person's ear, then they should be able to do most things without difficulty. Are they generally Bluetooth compatible so that someone can answer their phone with the hearing aid in place? The large majority of the prescription hearing aids on the market are. Um, I don't know yet what over-the-counter. I'm anticipating that some of them will have that function as well. But a lot of prescription hearing aids have um, the ability to answer the phone, to stream music. Most of them have an app where you can make some adjustments to settings or volume. About how long should hearing aids last? Hearing aids on average last about six years. Because they're little electronic devices, you know, they do wear out. And they are exposed to sweat and earwax and things like that. So they do wear out over time. In your experience with patients, how long does it take someone to get used to using hearing aids? Once they find something that works, does it take time to get used to it? It can. Um, I think in my experience, you know, the longer someone has been struggling with their hearing, um, sometimes the longer it takes for them to get used to hearing um, differently through the hearing aids and hearing sounds around them again and kind of relearn what all those different little noises in their home environment are. 
but every person is different and has a different experience. I find people that are really motivated and where they're hearing is consistently do adapt more quickly than people who um, are, you know, not quite ready to wear them all the time. Now, if these hearing aids are available over the counter, even if they are rather expensive, anyone could buy them and use them. Will a hearing aid help someone who doesn't have a hearing loss? Would it help them be able to hear better than they already do? It's not really recommended. If you have normal hearing, it's not necessarily recommended to wear something like this. We don't want to make anything too loud for a person either because we don't want to risk any further damage to their ears. It is important to consider that. And as far as distance, um, hearing aids are really meant to work within a conversational space. We call it a person's listening bubble. So any hearing aids are really meant to work within about a six foot radius. We don't want to spy on the neighbors. We want to have conversations around the dinner table um, is what I always tell people. So um, it's not really necessarily going to help you hear at a distance. Well, as an audiologist who, you know, your career has been spent with prescription hearing aids, do you have any concerns about them becoming available over the counter? My biggest concerns are, um, you know, some of the marketing has been, you know, now available without needing a hearing test. I do think it's still really important if you have concerns about your hearing to get a hearing test. Hearing loss is one of those things that um, can come on very gradually over time. So, so it's not always clear what degree of hearing loss you may have. Over-the-counter hearing aids are really intended for people with a mild to moderate hearing loss. But if you haven't had a hearing test, you may not know if you fall in that category. Also, I think it's very important to make sure that, you know, we're ruling out other causes of hearing loss that that might be treatable in another way. So um, I still think it's really important to at least get a baseline hearing test um, so that we can make sure that we're seeing the big picture and treating a medical issue before it becomes more problematic. So if someone gets a hearing aid over the counter, what are some things they need to be aware of? Are there any warning signs that, that they need to have checked out? If a person has any drainage coming from their ears, that's definitely something you want to go see a physician about. Or if a person has a sudden drop in hearing or a sudden change in hearing, especially if it's only in one ear, it's very important to get that checked out and make sure that there's not another underlying medical condition. Also, if a person has dizziness, or if they have any pain in their ears, it's really important to see a physician about that just to check on the health of your ears. Well, I appreciate you making time for this interview, Dr. Bagley. Thank you. My guest has been Dr. Erin Bagley. She's an audiologist at Upstate Medical University. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.